The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. I'm Adrienne McDonald and welcome to the Mindset Strategist Podcast. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back. Or if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Originally, I was going to talk about the range of narcissism this week, but given the timing of all the things going on, I thought, well, I just didn't feel like that that was what I wanted to speak about this week. Why not do a bit more of a personal share about some of the things I wish I had known when I started down my big personal transformation journey? And that is quite the laundry list of things I would wish I had known at the time. But I'm going to talk about four things today. Carl Jung said, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own soul. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. And who looks outside, dreams, who looks inside, awakes. I have always had an interest in how the mind works. I was super, super fascinated with like true crime, particular serial killers as a teenager, but it wasn't really about the gore or the actual murders or anything. It was because I wanted to understand how their minds worked. What led to that behavior? What did they go through? What shaped them? And and even when I was a kid and I watched Star Wars for the first time, all the little kids wanted to be Princess Leia if they were girls. And I was like, no, I, I really want to be Darth Vader. And I was told, well, Darth Vader's evil. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't feel like he was evil. I just thought he was misunderstood. And later on, we found out why he was misunderstood. But I studied psychology as much as I could get my hands on for as long as I could remember. I had a particular fascination for Carl Jung, um, and it, it's just been a lifelong study for me, the, the fascination around the mind. And after I left corporate, I really wanted a major shift. I wanted a quantum leap of sorts. Although at the time, I could not have articulated that. All I could say was I wasn't happy in most areas of my life. I was mentally and physically exhausted. And overall, I just felt disconnected, just very disconnected. So the first thing I think I wish I would have known was There's a difference between taking in the knowledge about personal development and doing the work. Now, as you might have surmised, I am a lifelong learner. I love to read. I love to learn about different things. I have a natural curiosity about things. I I love to learn about different cultures. And I have made some progress reading books, listening to tapes, um, even going to a few seminars that were available. And I had made some progress. I wasn't very disciplined about it, though, and it was more of a come-what-may type of approach. There were periods where I would get into something or something would call to me, 
And uh, the funny thing about that is I found so many of the CDs that I had bought the last couple of years before I left corporate. And I was like, I don't even remember buying these. So obviously the universe was sort of nudging me in a different direction. I just wasn't paying a lot of attention to it. And after I left corporate, I made a very, very conscious decision that I needed, wanted a major shift. And I didn't know what that was. I just wanted something different. And a friend of mine invited me to an event that opened the door to what something different looked like. And then I made a decision to hire my mentor, and I joined a group coaching program. And I didn't hire just any coach. My mentor is one of the top coaches in the world. And I thought to myself, here we go. This is it. And even though it was a really small investment at the time, it was the most I had personally spent on personal development, that first that first um, group coaching program. And I did have some incremental shifts during that program. And then I started working more with him, doing additional programs, retreats, and even privately at one point. And I don't think it was until probably one of the immersion retreats that I was on that I realized that there is a big, big, big difference between reading and taking in knowledge around personal development or what I call being an observation mode and actually doing the work. And when I say doing the work, I mean actively identifying the stories in your head, the roles you have played and are playing, the triggers that you have, all of that, and then changing behavior consciously. And one of my biggest challenges during, in the beginning, was I wasn't sure who I really was. Because, you know, when you go to these things, it's like, well, what's your vision? You know, people ask what their purpose is. And you can't really do that until you figure out who the hell you are in the first place. And I just didn't know. Um, I, I had one of my biggest roles in my childhood was being a chameleon. And a chameleon shifts to adapt to their environment so they can survive. And I was really good at that. However, the challenge with being a really great chameleon is figuring out, is that me or is it something that I'm adapting to? And that can really mess with your head. And that was really challenging for me because it's so much easier just to take stuff in than not to put it in practice and not put it in practice. It was like, I have the knowledge. I know what it, I have the awareness around that, but changing behavior is much, much more difficult. And I mean to the point where I could rattle off some of the teachings verbatim. And yet I sat on the struggle line for a long time. And the struggle line is all about knowing what you must do and not doing it because you're in fear. And I had a lot of fear around those changes. In fact, I had so much fear that I would lose everything that I had and everyone in my life because I wasn't sure that I would be accepted for all of me. And progress is not linear. Quite frankly, I made this much harder on myself than it needs to be because the outcomes that I was conjuring up in my mind were far worse than reality. But that's what fear does. And some days when you're 
when you're going down this path, it feels like nothing is happening at all. And that can really, really get to you. I mean, you, you, you invest in yourself, you're going to the retreats, you're going to the seminars, you've got a coach, you've got this, that, and the other, and you're like, I don't feel like I'm making any progress. And that's the reality of the situation, is everybody has days like that where they're on this path. Especially if you start to watch other people start to change and you're thinking you're not changing fast enough. And that's one of the things about group coaching programs that have sort of has a double-edged sword. On one hand, it's great to be around like-minded people and that's very important. On the other hand, you get caught up in what are the why are they getting the results and I'm not. And that can be very non-productive because you have to stay focused on your own work. Because that's another way that the mind distracts you and it's a self-sabotaging technique. It was for me. Um, I had to really retrain my mind around comparison and competitiveness. And true shifts, and this is, this is one of the biggest things I, had, I wish I had known or I had really taken in, the true shifts come in the mundane activities that we do every day. The seminars, the retreats, the programs, all of them are great and they are fantastic catalysts. But I realize in the moments when you're alone in your day-to-day activities, those have so much more impact than I initially realized. That's the commitment to lifelong work. That's really what is going to that's really what shifted for me was paying much more close attention and being much more disciplined around those day-to-day activities. And it takes a while sometimes to notice that. It really does. The second thing I would say was how important your environment is to your progress. And this is a big one. This is such a big one. Your environment is made up of the people, places, and things that are around you. And I remember hearing when you change that, that when you change, then that forces other people around you to change. And I just didn't get that, (laughs) what that really meant. Um, The reality is a lot of people, most people, I could argue, like you to say the same. A lot of people don't want you to be wildly successful even if they're your friends and family, because that sort of makes them look at their own lives and makes them feel uncomfortable. And it really didn't surprise me how much my, like how my family reacted or judged me as some of the decisions that I was making, I continue to make. That didn't really surprise me at all. But some of the feedback I got from friends, that was different. And... I don't really know of anyone that has gone through a major shift that has not lost people during a personal growth phase. When you start down this path and you're learning new things and shifts are happening for you, it's really easy to want to take your circle along with you. Except most of the time, they don't want to go because they're not seeing what you're seeing. And some of them, well, they fall away naturally. And some of them, well, they can get unpleasant about it. 
Some of it surprised me. Some of it did not. Um, I, I have come to the point in my life where I don't chase friends anymore. Uh, and if I'm not in resonance with someone, then I, I'm okay with them leading, leaving my life. You know, some people are here for a season. Some people are here for a reason. Some people are like lifelong bonds. And I'm okay with that. It There was a time where it put a major strain on my personal relationship with James to the point where I wasn't really sure we were going to make it. If I had not been putting myself in physical environments with like-minded people are also striving for something different in their lives, I'm pretty sure I would, I'm not pretty sure, I'm, I am sure, I would have reverted back. I would have repressed any desire for change. I probably would have gone back to a corporate gig. Um, you, you've heard me talk about what makes you run optimally. I had to figure out what made me, what makes me run optimally. And environment is a very, very key component of that for all of us. I purged, I purged so much. I purged clothes. I had like 32 sweater vests and I don't even like sweater sets. Um, I remember thinking, why do you have all these sweater sets? And that seems mundane, but it's really not because it comes back to the same question over and over again. Who am I? What do I like? What do I want? Not the adapted version that I was presenting to the world. I got rid of furniture and I move things around. And I even when I travel now, I travel differently. It, it was a major, like, everything about my environment is really, really important to me. Who I spend time with now is really important to me. Who I interact with is important to me. Um, my physical space is super important to me. And gradually, over time, I figured that out. Even with more time passed, however... It, I think this is the thing is I figured out what was important and what I wanted, but it took time for me to be okay and unapologetic about it. See, that was the thing. There was a time where I became aware again, and then the time where I was okay with it. And sometimes that, and I was not prepared for that gap um, because I, I would have these periods of time where I would second guess myself. I, a perfect example is travel. I very rarely travel coach now when I'm flying, or <laughs> although I haven't flown in a while. Um, I typically fly first class, and my uh, and James and I were going somewhere, and I upgraded to first first class. I said, "Hey, I'm going to upgrade to first class. Do you want me to upgrade you too?" And he just sort of gave me that look. And I'm like, I'm doing it. I'll leave you in coach if you want to. But I assume you want to be up in first class with me. Because it's not as important to him as it was to me. And some people will look at that and go, well, that's frivolous or a waste of money or, or whatnot. Not to me. I have made significant uh, connections in first class before. 
um, from a business standpoint, just by sitting in the front of the plane. I'm more comfortable, I'm rested, I'm not as stressed, and it's those types of things that I'm unapologetic about now. It took me a while because if this confl- what I wanted conflicted with someone else's expectation of me, I would do the little dance in my head. I would oscillate back and forth. But what I've come to realize is Living life in a vortex of obligation or expectations from others isn't really living. And now on to number three. I wish I had known how much brain chemistry can affect your behavior. Now, I have been in therapy in my younger days, and I had even been on some antidepressants for a period of time. Let me be clear, I have no hate for anyone that, you know, takes medication. Sometimes it's necessary. But the cocktail drugs that was prescribed to me had some very permanent um, devastating side effects. And there was no reason for that to have happened. I, I should not have been placed on the particular drug cocktail I was on. The correct talk therapy would have been much better for me and later was much more effective. However, if I'd had more information about how brain chemistry works in general, specifically dopamine, that would have been super helpful because now that I do have that knowledge, I can see and feel what was driving and still drives some of my behavior, and that helps redirect and change it. And this is also one of the main reasons why I say there's a physiological component to mindset. And it also helps you understand or help me understand the, the, like the mind-body energy connection significantly better. And then four is spirituality is part of the process. And this was also a hard one for me. My because my childhood had a very mixed messaging around religion. Um, it was one of the hardest things for me during this process was to deal with that. Some of the books that my mentor uses are older and they're coming from a Christian based type language. They use the I they use the word God a lot. And it, I would just sort of shut off whenever I heard that word. And I had a lot of mixed feelings around that word. My grandfather was a minister. He was also a raging, abusive alcoholic. So there was that. And I used to pray to God a lot when I was little and being abused for God to save me. So I felt abandoned by God in my little girl brain. So I had to reconcile some of that teaching. And that part of my psychological programming. And it was hard. It was hard. I'm not going to make light of that. I was hung up on the doctrine and the word God. And I initially thought, I don't need this part of the teachings. Except I realized that everything was connected. And there is this place beyond ideology and doctrine of there's this collective connectiveness and it has peace and abundance and joy and love and 
it's okay. It was okay and is okay for me to forge my own path of spiritual connection with the universe. And it's okay if it's different than how I was brought up because I know how I feel about things and how my approach and it it works for me. And I'm not saying you have to do this, but if you're resonating with me, I've never really seen anyone that has done work in this area not have a spirituality component of some sort. And it it's it's okay to explore other options, whatever that path is for you. Because I truly believe that there's a path out there for everyone. Well, I hope that you found some wisdom in this peek behind the scenes. And I I realize that it's not all big bang shifts. And I, I think that's the message that I want you to take away. Sometimes it's just the smallest things, the realizing that you notice beauty more, which is why I use the NSA Find Beauty Every Day on Speak the Language of the Universe podcast. The sister, sister podcast reminds that mornings of this one. Or you feel less anxious and are more at peace. Or you're reading old journals and realize that, wow, I am a less angry person or a less defensive person or a less depressed person. I I used to get depressed some. I, I don't really have any of those issues anymore. Or, wow, I had some really serious victim mentality and I am so much more empowered now. I'm happier now more of the time. It's really the quiet moments that are really quite extraordinary on this path. And I think that's I think that's one of the things that you don't really realize until you experience it. And I think that they're not talked about enough in this field. Well, I hope to connect with you next week. And I'm also starting a Q&A series soon here on this podcast. So if you have a mindset question feel free to send it to me at breakfree at adriamcdonald.com and I'll put that in the show notes so that I so it can be featured on Break Free Fridays. So thank you. Hope to connect next week. Thanks for listening to the Mindset Strategist Podcast. If you'd like more information, check out my website at www.adriamcdonald.com. 